I'm Mike Snyder. And I'm Bill Wills. And it's Wills and Snyder each and every morning from 5 to 9, Bill. We got a lot every day, don't we? Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Thanks for checking out today's podcast each and every day. Make sure you follow us and download the show. If you hear us in the morning, miss an interview or something, Mike, this is a great way to catch it on the podcast and normally around weekday morning. At your convenience, at your time, whether we're talking to Terry Pluto, Tom Hamilton, whoever it is. Of course, I'm always focused on that sports end, Bill. News, sports, traffic, and weather on the 10s. Mornings, it's Cleveland's Morning News. News with Wilson Snyder. Now, enjoy today's show. News you can use on your money with the latest this morning from Bloomberg. Bloomberg Money Update brought to you by Union Home. Filling up this morning, $4. Price to beat for a gallon of gas. More on your money. Scooter East producer extraordinaire coming up to a little trending. How about this diamond they found, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This pink, beautiful Lulu. Look Lulu out. Lulu the diamond. We'll Lulu. get to that in just a minute. Uh, WTAM 1100 traffic and weather together on the 10s. First, you spend button. Thank you, Bill. Next traffic update in nine minutes of 520. Pat Butler, WTAM traffic on 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. Weather, Cleveland 3 News forecast from meteorologist Peyton Domsky. Kind of humid this morning. Occasional shower, storm still possible early. Sun clouds mix will be in the mid-80s. It rained hard yesterday, didn't it? Uh, a couple of shower storms again tonight. Friday, partly sunny. Nice 80. I got 72 this morning at your severe weather station. Good morning. Just joining us. Radio just went off. Just got in the car. Thanks for being there. Your Guardians got a win. Your Browns are on the field, too. Mike Snyder Sports in three. Picking up the pieces of yesterday and building a new day. Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder on WTAM 1100 and 106.9 FM. your diamonds i don't but i, I know 170 carat pink diamonds are going to be now, pretty valuable now did you know diamonds were pink oh yeah okay yeah klein hands jewelers they one day i was out there they showed me a whole they, there wasn't a pink diamond there but we went through a whole thing online looking at diamonds yeah pink absolutely gorgeous they're very rare yes and this it's south africa right yes in uh which haven't been seen they said in 300 years bill and here's the report here we go a large 170-carat pink diamond has been discovered in Angola. Dubbed Lulo Rose, the rose-colored diamond is believed to be the largest gemstone of its kind found in some 300 years. The gem was found at the Lulo Alluvial Diamond Mine, according to mine owner Lukapa Diamond Company, on Wednesday. The mine itself is a hotbed for large gemstones, producing two of the largest diamonds ever found in Angola. Among the 27 diamonds over 100 carats found at the mine, Lula Rose is the fifth largest. Pink diamonds are very rare, occurring only once in every 10,000 diamonds. That's amazing. If you like, if you like pink ice, this is the one you want. Would you rather have a pink diamond that size or the Mega Millions number on Friday night? See, I'll, the take mega the mega yeah, I'll take the Mega Millions. I'll take the Mega Millions. I can buy all the diamonds I want. That's right in front of you with that. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Wilson Center Facebook page. Check it out. Scoot, thanks much. You're welcome. One Republican blossom tonight. I see this life like a swinging vine. Swing my heart across the line. In my face is flashing signs. Seek it out and ye shall find. Old, oh, but I'm not that old. Young, but I'm not that bold. One concert my daughter Serena hasn't asked me to get tickets for. Doing the right 
Maybe, either she's not a big fan or she doesn't know. <laughs> but, you know, that's normally the concert schedule I go by. It's the ones I get the text from Serena. Dan, yes. is there any way? Any way, Uh, at Blossom tonight. All right, 515, Mike Snyder is in sports, and uh, good night for our Guardians, and good day for our Browns, right? Well, they've, uh, they're underway in Berea, Bill, still waiting word on Watson. As far as the Guardians go, it was quite a battle in Fenway last night. Guardians had a 5-2 lead at one point, but Cal Quantrill had his problems yesterday, just made a few bad pitches and got behind 6-5, so that we go to the eighth. Miles Straw tied the game with an RBI double, then in the ninth with the game tied at six, one out, Josh Naylor at the plate. 2-0 the count. Here's the pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep left. Way back. Home run. Naylor. Over the monster. Guardians back in front. 7-6. Josh Naylor, what a story he has been. Third time he's hit a home run in the ninth inning or later that has given the Guardians the lead. That uh, 7-6 lead with Emmanuel Classe put it in the bank. Classe came on to get the save. Guardians win it 7-6. Here's Naylor. I live for those opportunities. Um, I work on those as a kid you know, with my dad um, and my brothers and stuff. So when they arise, I, um, I enjoy them and I just try to make the best out of them. Yeah, he stays in the moment, and he gets it done again. The Guardians with that win. They move within a game and a half now of the division-leading Twins. Series finale is in Boston tonight at 7-10. Tristan McKenzie on the mound, and you can hear it right here and free on the iHeartRadio app. Baseball trade deadline is next Tuesday. Yankees already busy. They've acquired outfielder Andrew Benatendi from the Royals. Let's go to Browns training camp. The wide receivers have a different look. The running back core is very deep. The defense has almost everybody back. There's a new kick. All of those stories are a backdrop, though, to until there's definition to Deshaun Watson's status for the upcoming season. Coach Stefanski did confirm that if Watson misses time, the quarterback will be... Jacoby's our backup quarterback. If Deshaun's unavailable, Jacoby's a starter. Yeah, well, Jacoby Brissett will be the guy. There had been some talk over the weekend after Josh Rosen was acquired that uh, he might be in the mix, but it's Brissett, according to the coach. Now, should Watson get a lengthy suspension? Would that change expectations for the season? Here's what Miles Garrett had to say. It doesn't change regardless of how that situation works itself out. And we're going to hold ourselves to a high standard no matter what happens. Defense is going to do what they do. And, you know, last time I heard, they can't win if they don't score points. Well, that's well put. The Browns should be able to get outdoors today. Their first practice that will be open to the fans will be Saturday. And actually, that will be the first practice that they'll be in pads. They really work things up, uh, uh, build up to that point uh, under the new uh, collective bargaining agreement. Actually, that's the way it, it is set up. And they practice through, through Saturday and then get a day off on Sunday. Well, other NFL news. Art Modell is once again among the finalists in the coach contributor category under consideration for the the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's one of 12. The list also includes former Brown guard John Wooten, and Mike Holmgren is also on that list. Of course, that goes for his days as a coach in Green Bay and Seattle. In Seattle, Only one of the 12 will get into the Hall of Fame. Home of the Guardians and the Cavs, Mike Snyder, WTAM Sports. Bringing Rory O'Neill, the O'Neill file this morning. You know, government can, uh, when it comes to the economy, they can tax things and slow things down. They can then, once in a while, pass some legislation to subsidize some things to, to increase manufacturing, which brings us to chips. Now, we we got into this problem with the, the supply chain looking for these little computer chips. Is, is that what we're talking about here, Rory? 
Yeah, those microchips. You know, the U.S. used to manufacture about 40% of the world's microchips. Now we're down to about 12%. And the ones that we do make aren't really the cutting-edge ones. They're all in Taiwan. And really, some of the leading Democrats on this and the administration twisted arms of Senate Republicans to get this uh, chips bill passed, in part claiming that, look, this is a national security issue. Uh, if the chips are made in Taiwan, if something were to happen with China and Taiwan, we really could be stuck for some critical defense components, and that's one of the big reasons some Republicans have signed on to this Chips and Science Act. Speaking of uh, Taiwan uh, and uh, Hong Kong and what's going on over there, we've got Speaker of the House Pelosi. She's got an interesting trip coming up, heading over there. Uh, the uh, administration not real happy she's going, but I guess she still is. I don't think you tell her what to do. <laughs> this thing came out of the Senate. Biden must like this, right? Uh, yes, he's very much on board. Actually, uh, they tweeted a photo of the president watching this vote uh, being taken yesterday. That shows you know, how much they're on board with this. Now, the package moves over to the House, where it is expected to pass, even though the Republicans are, are rallying against it. One reason, because it's a little bit too big. It's bigger than they like. It's uh, $280 billion in all. It's the Chips and Science Act. It's the and science part that has got some... Uh, Republicans raising their eyebrows. It's like $100 billion over the next five years to expand the National Science Foundation and uh, and create uh, investments in other startup labs to develop uh, scientific research. Yeah, that's what they do. They throw some other stuff in there. You get a few votes. All right, Rory O'Neill on it, the O'Neill file this morning. Thanks, Rory. Thanks, man. Now, here's some breakfast for your brain. Interesting piece of legislation making its way through the House about psychedelics. Uh, the House representatives yesterday on a rather bipartisan pair of uh, research amendments. Uh, could it be the new marijuana? Now, in Ohio, uh, every state's different. Uh, the state has decriminalized possession of small amounts. Simple fact, though, recreational marijuana use in Ohio is still illegal. Of course, we've got the uh, prescription, the medical uh, marijuana uh, use, as, as many states have. Uh, Aaron Rial in uh, checking on this thing. So, so what? what is the House saying in this legislation here? So this is really interesting. The magic mushrooms are kind of moving the way of marijuana a, a couple of years ago, th that being from the margins to the mainstream. And in the past two years, at least six shroom dispensaries have opened in Vancouver. And yes, that is Canada. But it, it's really become a key testing ground for broader policy reform. Um, and you see that shops are opening in U.S. cities where shrooms have been decriminalized in places like Oakland, California and Portland, Oregon. But what's really interesting here is the science behind this. You know, we think of the 60s and, and a lot of the propaganda that came out about you'll stare at the sun too long and go blind and jump off of buildings. But it seems as though there are some true medicinal benefits to psilocybin which is the main hallucinogenic compound in at least um, 180 mushroom strains. And it's shown to have very impressive results for conditions like depression, anxiety, alcohol and drug addiction, and, and general mental health. And it's long been resistant to these established medical treatments, these people that, that aren't seeing the help they need, people who suffer from PTSD or are going through end-of-life care or, or suffering through a cancer diagnosis, there seems to be quite significant benefits to the use of psilocybin. So it's an interesting new world here for, for this otherwise taboo drug. Uh, the House, this was part of a defense bill, and one congressman on the floor said, look, we need no ideas. It seems we're losing a battle with veterans to suicide. So they're looking at it, you know, more as you're talking about, with, with help with, with mental health. You know, second point is, you know, the House is the people's house. And so what we think about marijuana use is being played out really on the floor of Congress, right? Exactly. And it speaks to the zeitgeist of the people albeit sometimes behind the, the the true movement of the times. But 
But there's really this this burgeoning psychedelic revolution around mental health and wellness. Yeah. And you have a yeah. Michael Pollan, his new book, How to Change Your Mind. There's a buzzy Netflix series. There was a, an article in Nature just this month that found that those ingested psilocybin in micro doses or very, very small quantities reported better moods and mental health. So this is more of a wellness push. And Big Pharma has caught on. In fact, uh, uh, Johnson & Johnson is kind of leading here. They're a behemoth. And they predict the, the pharmaceutical psilocybin Cyben market to reach 6.9 billion by 2027. So this seems to be happening um, regardless to where an individual stands on it right now. Uh, follow the money. Marijuana movement tracking more than 1,500 cannabis, psychedelic, and drug policy bills in state legislatures around the country. Aaron Real, good reporting. Uh, thanks much. Have a good day. Thank you. There are some predictions that American legal weed industry will have a total retail sales as high as $100 billion by the end of the decade. Between that and sports gambling, that's all we're going to be doing. So do you have a side hustle? I saw a story the other day, more and more people, and there are a lot of jobs out there trying to get a second job to keep up with inflation. It could well be your side hustle is in your in your backyard. WTAM 1100, the spill wills. John Matarese over at News 5 says you can actually earn earn some money renting out the backyard. John, what is this? Yeah, this is amazing, Bill. You know, a lot of people, you know, struggling for money. You want to make some extra bucks with inflation and gas prices. So you're looking for a gig job. Well, the thing these days is a lot of people don't want to do the driving jobs because of the cost of gas. I mean, when you think sure. of what it's going to cost to deliver, you know, somebody's lunch to them and you're paying four fifty a gallon, it, it almost doesn't make sense. So a lot of people are looking for other part-time work that doesn't involve them driving all over Northeast Ohio. So there's this app that recently formed, and it's becoming very popular. It's called SniffSpot. You're like, what? SniffSpot? SniffSpot is an app where you rent out your backyard to other people's dogs. <laughs> it sounds a little bizarre, doesn't it? It does. Now, how does it work? Well, it works that uh, it's mostly for people who have a fenced-in backyard, yeah. and you offer that to uh, other families in the area who have a dog who don't have a fenced-in yard. It okay. lets the dog run freely. Uh, the charge is $10 an hour. Okay. So as a host, you get to charge $10 an hour. I interviewed a woman who has a nice backyard with a fence around it. She's making $50, $60 a day wow. renting out her backyard. People come by with their dog, and they just let their dog play. They throw the ball. The problem is, you know, if you don't have your own big yard, there's not that many places you can go with the dog off leash. Good there point. are because a lot of parks, right. dogs have to be on a leash. And so this is a place where, you know, somebody, you have a yard with a fence. Somebody brings their dog by. Uh, only one dog's allowed at a time, yeah. and they get to play with their dog for forty-five minutes or an hour. They give you ten bucks, and wow, uh, people are making hundreds of dollars a month. And uh, you know, it's something you can do if you're a retiree or something, and just have a nice yard. Why not let some people come by with their dog? You know, I've been thinking more people live downtown Cleveland, and I see them out walking their dog. They've got an apartment or something. Well, here's a way in the suburbs, you know, go rent the backyard. And if you you um, you could uh, let the dog go. Okay, so Sniff Spot is the site you want to check out. It's kind of like an Airbnb for, for dogs and uh, and make a few bucks if you want. Good story. John Matarese over yeah. News 5. Like him on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Follow him there as well for more good info. John, thanks much. Great talking to Bill. Check this website out. This is interesting. There, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of places and some nice-looking homes with backyards that um, 
Nice looking homes and backyards that go up against the uh, like the Rocky River Reservation. So I mean, if you're in an apartment or you're downtown, you you know the the dog park, you don't want to do that. You just want to let the dog run free. Hey, five ten bucks. I saw one ad where they let you rent the backyard for like I think it was twenty bucks an hour. Uh, but they also provide you with like lemonade and adult beverages if you want. It's like an Airbnb for you and the dog to spend an hour and a half. You might you got a little backyard in Lakewood. Oh, we got a nice yard. Yeah, yeah. you might think about it. a little side hustle. You and Janice can schedule throughout the afternoon. You can meet Mike Snyder. And it be a premium. You can talk about the sports, cans, talk about sports, Browns, and, gardens, and, and, and bring the dog over. Let the dog run around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an idea. Sniff spot. Is the uh, website sniffspot.com. You want to check it out? Like an Airbnb for dogs. Pretty popular. Okay. Yeah. Just an idea. Yeah. Just an idea, man. Thank you, Bill. Thank 545 you. Sports and Mike Snyder is Will in. Will you come up with Layla sometime? Or? Yeah, sure. We'll make an appearance. Yeah. Yeah, might be a little talent to be involved. You might want to, you know. Well, I might, you know, I might kick take something care. back. I might take care of social you. media presence. Yeah. And all. yeah I I I got you. Do a little trade out. There you go. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're dealing. All right. Sports, Mike. I Snyder. trade dollars for sports. <laughs> I was reading a piece. Of the Ken Anderson name is interesting. I mean, great career with the Cincinnati Bengals, of course. Um, before Boomer, a size. Yeah. Oh, right. And I guess is is passing accuracy was one of the stats. Mm-hmm. When you just look at stats, oh, yes. you know, is that something that's worth the Hall of Fame? And, yeah. And so he was, but you're right, Clay Matthews. Still oh, not, Bill, I, still I, not you know, that far. I, I know what that I, wrong? I saw him play and the kind of player he was. Yeah. Uh, that's not a Hall of Famer. I don't know what is, you know, when you see a guy, and, and again, you know, there's some great names. You got like Randy Gratishart. Of course, he's a former Buckeye, had a heck of a career. I mean, those are players in front of him. I don't want to take anything away from them, but I look at Clay Matthews. To me, he was a Hall of Fame player. Five fifty in the morning. Cleveland's morning news with Wills and Snyder. This is Bill Wills. Good morning. Your WTAM eleven hundred. One Republic, one Republic, and uh, need to breathe out of blossom tonight. Yeah, the Martin Big Outlaw Music Festival. Willie, who they say is dead like every six months, right? Willie Nelson. Yeah, he'll show up tomorrow night. ZZ Top's with him. Should be big. Government Mule tomorrow night at Blossom. One Republic tonight. There'll be an aroma. I like this song. Uh, Counting this, stars. Is this, like this the only song they had? I think. I, doesn't matter. I like it. Doesn't matter. Why are you so negative? I'm just not. enjoy things. Friday there'll be an, aro- an aroma out there. An aroma of skunk. Uh-huh. <laughs> Same music week. We get uh, One Republic tonight at Blossom. Outlaw Music Festival tomorrow night. Orchestra's out there over the weekend. Elton John, a progressive on That's right. Yeah. Elton John. There you go. Captain Fantastic. I like this yeah. part. Here we go. Song. Yeah. My friend Crystal at the Kiss told me about that. Make sure you play it. Wonder Public. There you go. Okay, uh, a little Browns uh, stuff. Wills Insider Facebook, WillsInsider.com. Uh, you were on a Bree yesterday, right, Mike Snyder? Yeah, yeah. They got camp underway, but yeah. they had to go indoors. Really, a a light, limited workout. It rained hard. We were downtown at a meeting, and then uh, boy, early afternoon it was raining. Oh, hard. Scooter, uh, Scooter, what'd you put up there? He got up there, a uh, little offense there with uh, watching Deshaun Watson and the yeah. first team do some reps, and uh, while they were indoors for the little bit that they could do. Fred Greetham a bit later at seven fifty. Best Browns coverage. Uh, political polls. Predictions on football seasons mean nothing, but we love them because we do. You just you got to look. You yeah. know, it's like it, okay. So I saw USA Today this week posted all different uh, uh, predictions. So the AFC North specifically, they got Baltimore twelve and five, the Bengals twelve and five. Uh, did Did Joe Burrow have the appendix out? Yes, yes. I believe he did. Okay, yeah, good. All right, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers nine and eight, and your Cleveland Browns six and eleven. Their analysis. 
You're forced to draw a major assumption about the team, whether you believe Watson will be available for the whole season or none of it or some of it. For argument's sake, let's say Watson misses half the year. Hard to believe uh, uh, Brissett with his career can keep the ship afloat. Watson can then take over and thrive. Uh, given the uh, rust he'll have to knock off amid his uh, unfamiliarity with his new teammates and playbook. And so they've got him at 6-11 and 11 if Watson were to be out for just a few games, I guess. Now, he can still six be and around, 11 right? if he, It sounds like if, if he misses half the season. Half the season. He can still be around, though, right? Uh, well, he can practice through, yeah. and I guess that, I don't know, like if it's eight games, I'm not sure how much he can be around. He... You know, in terms of their preparations during the week. The judge may say something. I don't know. No, I, I'm not quite sure if it's the judge's call on that. Okay. But, but I'd have to look deeper as to, you know, how much he would be able to be around throughout that suspension. Well, no matter what the judge does, the union's going to have a, a hissy fit, right? Well, everybody can appeal. appeal. I mean, thing. whatever she does decide, there can be an appeal from, you know, the group that's unhappy. Yeah, okay. for sure. All right. So this could linger on. And, uh, hey, this is what they signed up for. And, you know, Bristol. Set is a very good backup quarterback. The thing is, with backup quarterbacks, the more you see them play historically, the more you see why they are backups. They're backups. Yep. That's where they are. All right. Uh, Fred Greetham later at 7.50. His uh, take on what he saw out there, more at the Wilson Center Facebook page. And rest of us, the, the, the rest of us that don't have you know access like you do, we get out there on Saturday, right? Saturday okay. it's open. And, Bill, right. it, is, it is open. I mean, that what they've done to that uh, facility, if you haven't been out there, well, you haven't been out there since last year. What they've done, they've got the standings on the, on the one side, which they've never had, uh, the, the stands, I should say, and then an open area, that whole row of houses on the one street uh, have just been leveled, and it, it's, it's really quite a, quite a sight now, and fans will be able to start uh, taking part beginning on Saturday. We'll go. That's Bill Wills for Fifth Third Bank. I'm here with Joe DiRocco, Regional President of Fifth Third Bank of Northern Ohio, with a few tips on protecting our... Entertainment news, names, notes trending this morning. Stuff you ought to know. Here's Jason Nathanson. It's double jeopardy when it comes to hosts of the iconic quiz show. The producers of Jeopardy say moving forward, Mayim Bialik and Ken Jennings will officially share hosting duties. Executive producer Michael Davies writes in a note on Jeopardy's website that Jennings will kick off the upcoming season in September, with Bialik taking over in January, and she will continue to host several primetime tournaments. He promises no constant flip-flopping of hosts in order to keep things as consistent as possible. This ends the search for a new host after Alex Trebek's death in 2020. New today, The Resort is a murder mystery with a little comedy. This phone belonged to a kid who went missing down here 15 years ago. Starring William Jackson Harper and Kristen Milioti. I asked Milioti if the show will give us answers or keep us guessing. Yes, but they're not going to be the answers that you think. Better tune in. <laughs> Three episodes of The Resort on Peacock now. Ed Sheeran, the first artist on Spotify to snag 100 million followers. And Garfield creator Jim Davis is 77 today. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. Matter of fact, there's a Golf Digest story I was reading this morning. Patrick Cantlay, now the big name, uh, says, wow. I don't have any plans at the moment to leave uh, when it comes to mm. uh, leaving. There's another, Charles Howe third. Yeah, you know, he's he's heading to live. He says it's not about the money, though. No, but the interesting part of this, Lives, I guess, expanded to like, was it 14 tournaments next year? And now they're thinking, and now they're saying there may not be room for everybody that wants to come over. So some of these guys, like a Patrick Cantlay, might be thinking, i, I got to decide pretty yeah, well. Yeah. There might not be room for you, Patrick. Yeah, the money's so, there. That, Quite it keeps a, going. I'd like to be a, like go around that pro-am today. I guess oh, Trump geez, was playing yeah, with Trump's Bryson DeChambeau and, and, and Dustin John yeah. Johnson. Interesting. I wonder who the fourth one is in that foursome. Bill, you'd be a, you know. Oh, yeah, be, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, coming up, we'll talk to Faith Nezovich. Got a featured furry friend over at the Cleveland APL. I'm not sure it's a dog, but I have a couple of dog stories uh, for you this morning. If you have a dog, you'll, you'll, you'll understand this. Dogs can actually see with their noses. Research at the Journal of Neuroscience reveals dogs' brains connect vision and their sense of smell, which isn't found in other species. They studied dogs, and they found the scent is where dogs figure out exactly where things are. Uh, research included brain scans of dogs, showed the neurological connections between the parts of the brain for the smell to go to the vision. They're going to study cats, horses, and other animals. Next. I know when Layla, when I come back, if I've been around another dog, Layla right away knows. Oh, and he starts yeah. sniffing on you and that, and that sort of thing. And here's another one. This is kind of sad. A uh, guy is facing charges in Portland, Oregon, after allegedly taking a dog from a car and asking for ransom money. According to police, the suspect broke the window of the vehicle. Now, why is the dog alone in the car, number one? That's... Yes. I mean, even Rob Bailey loved dogs. And like, why are you leaving the dog alone? Uh, police say the suspect broke the window of the vehicle that the dog was in, took the dog out. The owner supposedly was inside a business for about a half hour, according to the uh, video cameras. The uh, suspect left the number and a note. Uh, hey, if you want the dog back, it's 100 bucks. So the dog's owner called the police. They set up an exchange outside a grocery store where the guy was going to pay the ransom, but sure enough, the police were there to arrest the guy. That, uh, that, uh, that is now going to be charged. Hmm. But again, the question is, why leave the dog in the car for a half hour alone? That's normally a, yeah, that's, not a good idea. No, not a good idea. News Radio, WTAM 1100. This is Bill Wills. Faith Nezovich on the line each week. She's kind enough to go over to our Cleveland APL. Spend some time with a featured furry friend that needs a home, not just a cat or a dog. I mean, the APL's got all sorts of different animals. And we got one this week, Lumpy, right? Lumpy? Right, and... Here's my hope. If you uh, end up adopting Lumpy, please change her name. <laughs> it's not a great name. If you go to WTAM.com, keyword APL, you will meet Lumpy. She is a rabbit, and not just any rabbit. She is an Angora rabbit. So she has that long, fluffy, oh, yeah. luxurious fur. Beautiful. So I don't think Lumpy is a great name, but you can figure something out. Um, not quite sure how old she is, but okay. she unfortunately did not come from a great situation. She was abandoned and not very well cared for, but mm. despite that, she is very friendly, uh, funny. So we're hoping that now that she is feeling better and still has lots of love in her little bunny heart, that someone will adopt her and you know, just spoil her for the rest of her life. So WTAM.com, keyword APL, and you will meet Lumpy. Um, if Lumpy is not the kind of money that you are looking for, you are in luck because right now, thanks to a hoarding situation, the APL is caring for over 100 rabbits. Wow. So there's a lot of rabbits. There's also a lot of guinea pigs and gerbils there. So the, the small mammal area is full. So from now through Sunday, July 31st, the adoption fees on all the small animals have been cut in half, and they do vary depending on the animal. So right. if you're looking for one of those littles, this might be the week to go down and check it out. So that, again, those uh, adoption fees are ha in half through July 31st. Uh, WTAM.com keyword APL. You can meet a lumpy. And, uh, again, if you've thought about adding a rabbit or any type of small mammal, uh, please, please get to the APL, and uh, I'm sure you'll meet meet them there. Now, we also had the uh, the calendar contest, which is a big fundraiser each year for the APL. That has been extended, uh, the deadline? Yes, the deadline extended again to this Sunday, the 31st. So you still have all this rest of the week 
you get your photos in, and I've got a link to submit the photos and all the rules for the calendar contest at WTAM.com, keyword APL. You know what? Shame on me. I've not done this yet, but Layla has a appointment at the groomer actually oh. actually today because that's always the problem. Taking the picture, Mindy's like, yeah, she doesn't look her best, but she's coming back from the groomer. Maybe I'll capture, uh, capture yep. a picture and we'll uh, I'll enter as well. It'll be perfect. It's a good fundraiser. It's a great idea. WTAM.com, keyword APL, meet Lumpy. And uh, all the other different animals that are over there that uh, just need a home. And Faith Nezovich, thank you as always for going over and letting us know, okay? Thank you. It's morning news with Wills and Snyder. This is Bill Wills, 722 The Time. Scooter East, producer extraordinaire, and Navy veteran alongside. Thank you, sir. Thank Appreciate you for your it. service. I want to bring welcome. you in to get your take on this. Uh, we're also honored to have Mr. Van Hip, former Deputy uh, Assistant Secretary of the Army, Chair of the American Defense International, was in charge of Deverage Storm Mobilization for Reservists. Van, good to have you on, sir. Good morning. Right. Good morning. Great to be with you. And I wanted to have Scotty in here because you two both served in Desert Storm. Yes, I yes I did. Yes, I did. That was a few years and a few pounds ago, right? Oh, long, long, long time ago. But you know, at that time, Van, uh, best three years of my life in the United States Navy at that that time. It was great. Uh, we thank anyone who serves. Uh, it is a volunteer situation, and it's a very individual situation for the reasons. At, at the time when you decided to to go into the Navy, right? Yes, it was a it was a great opportunity for me, Van. At the time, I'm not sure what I really wanted to do, but I knew that going into the service with the benefits you had with the GI Bill, it was great. I came out, did my time, and went to school and got into radio, Van. And, Van, they, they, we bring this up because the, the tough times for military recruiting right now, right? They're, they're not hitting their numbers? Big time. And, uh, and when you look at the recruiting uh, population, that you know that group of 18 to 24-year-olds, uh, only about 25% are even eligible uh, to join our military, a bit for, uh, 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 you know, the inability to meet the, uh, you know, the uh, physical uh, test or... Uh, the, the, uh, be able to pass the mental aptitude test. So you're, you're starting out with only about 25% of the population even eligible, and of that number, only 9%, according to all the data we've seen, only 9% would even consider joining the military. So as a result, we're not going to meet the United States uh, uh, Army, and, and, and each of the services has a problem with this, but the Army Wars will not meet its recruiting goal for this year. In fact, they've only met 40% of their enlisted recruiting goal for this fiscal year, which ends the end of September. couple layers of this. I guess historically the economy affects recruitment in that, you know, you're looking for opportunities and it's a really hot job market or, and where someone wants to go out of high school or college for that matter or or the service. So there's always that competition. But but one part of that, that survey that I thought was disturbing, the, the, the patriotism number. It's one of the lowest levels we've seen in years, oh. I guess. It is. You don't forget Ronald Reagan said at best, freedom is only one generation away from extinction. I believe our educational system has failed us. Uh, the Woodrow Wilson Foundation, hardly a right-wing conservative think tank, did a study of 40,000 Americans giving them the basic citizenship test for this country. Only one state had 50% of its people able to even pass it. We don't teach history, American history, and civics like we used to. And I'm concerned young people today don't have an appreciation for really what it means to be an American and what our forefathers went through to give us the freedom we have today. A lot of us are shaking our head agreeing. Hey, Van, let me get your head here on the question. What do you what do you do? There's only so much of a budget, isn't there, as far as the cost of recruiting someone? Well, you, you, you don't keep throwing, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to throw money at it. Uh, I, I think it starts with education. I do, I, do say, I do think one of the things they are trying to do, they're going to do this at Fort Jackson, is to basically have a program 
to take those uh, young people who want to join the military but aren't able to uh, 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 to pass either the um, you know the physical regiment or mm-hmm. able to pass the test. Kind of a pre basic training program. They're starting that right away at Fort Jackson. That's a good that's a good first step, but. But we've got to change the culture and get back to what the military is all about. And, and, and it's not to engage in social engineering. The, pur- the purpose of the U.S. Army is to deploy, fight, and win America's wars. We need to remember that. Well said, sir. Thank you for your service. Former Deputy Assistant Secretary of the Army, uh, Van Hip. Sir, thanks much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that's an interesting program, almost like an internship. Right? Yes. I mean, if you're interested, we're not sure if you can pull it up. Let's send you there for six months and see. How about an ROTC in high school? Another good answer. That, it's that, because the patriotism you, thing. That that part of that survey, uh, you know, you do maybe you know are, who we are. There right could now. be some high schools around the country that maybe have already done or have some type of program. Yeah. But if you get high schools that have ROTC, because if you're military minded and you want to yeah. join the service, yeah. that is a good prep for you for four years of high school to get you into the service. Thanks for listening to Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Here are three things you should know. Three things I came across I thought were interesting. Research still shows. Did you have COVID in the past? Have you had COVID? Researchers show that millions still don't have their sense of smell back. If you got COVID and still haven't gotten your sense of smell back, you are not alone. Millions of people around the world say they still have no sense of taste or smell for months after COVID. Survey studied some 27 million cases. And so many people just don't uh, still don't have the, the, the sense of taste or smell back. How can we stop an active shooter? Maybe with a drone. Air Force is testing a system using AI and drones aimed at stopping active shooters. Pennsylvania-based company is creating the system built off their existing AI gun detection software. So you can have these uh, drones flying over a city if you've got concern about an active shooter, and the drone would take it out. And finally, this one is an odd one. Out of uh, Ridgeville, New Jersey. Ridgefield, New Jersey, Mike Snyder. A, this is yes. sad. A New Jersey, matter of fact, well, hold on a second. Scoot, you available? Scott Scooterese, producer, come in here a second. Scott Scooterese, producer extraordinaire. Let me do the, uh, the. Uh, I wanted to bring you in because you, you uh, part of your side hustles in the past, you've, you've been in the funeral business. Yes. And did a great job. Yes. And might go back someday if you ever, you know, anyway. Out of uh, New Jersey, a New Jersey funeral home is being sued for $50 million dollars for putting the wrong body in the casket oh, at a funeral. I saw this. Oh. Yes. The Kim family filed the lawsuit against the Blackie and Central Funeral Home, claiming the woman in the casket at the visitation was not their oh. deceased grandmother. No. Now, the grandma died at 93 in November. At first, the daughter said they assumed mom looked younger because of the uh, embalming process. She later found out the body in the casket was another Korean woman named Kim. The funeral director apologized. The correct body was in the casket for the next day when they had the service. And they evidently buried the correct... They evidently, when it it finally came time, it was the correct body to put it in the ground. But up until the service, it was the wrong body. Now... Delicately, you could say this, that probably families do come in and look and go, you know, 
great job or man i don't know or right i mean you've you've been in those conversations it's happened not that you're I mean, a professional no, but, but i mean mostly they you know they I mean, sadly we don't we don't they, look the same you, right well no you want to I mean, you want to say they yeah, look peaceful yeah, that's you know, what you want to say yeah. right you, you know, but when you go and you look at boy, that's not. That's, she was ninety three. Yeah, right. Well, she looked yeah. good. Yeah, 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 yeah that's a lie there. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, so look. throughout the visitation, that was the topic. Everybody kept telling the family, wow. "Grandma, tell you what, Are you for ninety three. I mean, she looked great." And the whole family's going, "Well." Yeah, but we're kind of shocked too. Right. Well, they deserve something. I don't know about fifty million. Fifty but, million's a big number, but but they deserve something. How about the funeral director who finally had to say, oops, right? Oops. Wait a yeah, minute. Yeah, that's a... Count the bodies. How many we got in the back? I don't know how many mea couples you could do, but it's... Let's move on. At 820, a couple new restaurants around town. We'll head there with Mark Bona, Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. He'll join us on Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. They enjoy being around each other. I, I really think they've done a nice job of, of coming together as a team uh, through that offseason. Uh, but it's the oldest thing of football. It's a next man up mentality, regardless of, of who's out and, and why they're out. That's just how we operate. And Coach uh, Kevin Stefanski yesterday speaking of next man up, best Browns coverage. Bill Wills, Mike Snyder alongside Fred Greetham following the Browns. Let's go, guys. Fred, good morning. Hey, you know, you have all kinds of good stories going on here that I'm listening to. So, well, yeah, we appreciate let's, that. Let, let's, let's add go. to it with the experience yesterday at Berea, Mike. Well, they got out on the field uh, yesterday. Unfortunately, they had to go indoors, Fred, as uh, I know it's kind of, these are light practices to start camp, aren't they? Yeah, they only have, uh, they have to ramp up into it. And because the lightning and forced them in, they turned it into a conditioning uh, walkthrough. So it really wasn't much. You know, as you saw, half speed, just walking. But at least they were out there on the field. They didn't have helmets or anything like that on. So until they get to pads, it's really just kind of, you know, half speed stuff. Well, you know, the clip we played with Coach Stefanski there, and, of course, the storyline right now, until there's some decision from the judge as uh, what about Watson and how much time will he miss, if any, or will it be a season, eight games, six games, four? We've heard of all. Somebody's going to say they were right all along. But I think for the coach right now, pragmatically, from what I heard him, him speak yesterday, Fred, you know, is, is getting playing reps for everybody, and particularly those quarterbacks, dividing that up uh, is not really ideal deal to go into camp this way is it it's not at all because you have to get Brissett ready for the season if he's going to be the starter and and the same thing Watson you know he hasn't played since 2020 so now you you want him to get as many reps as he can so even if he's suspended when he comes back he's got something you know banked up so all the way around it's it's uh, uncomfortable position, not only from the Browns franchise as a whole, but even, you know, the coaching staff and trying to figure out how to get ready for the season. When we look at this team right now, I guess, you know, you, you look at little things, Fred, you've been going covering camps for years. You, there are always battles, position battles, but I guess also even formations. And we did see a little bit at time yesterday, I guess, in the walkthrough where Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were on the field together. Is that something we should be keeping an eye on? I sure hope so. I mean, last year they were just starting that almost by force with injuries. If you remember, Hunt and, and uh, Chubb were together. They only were on the field four times when when Hunt then went down with that ankle injury that he never came back from. And so 
I just think that it gives the defense a much more to work about. And even no matter who the quarterback is, you got you got two weapons that can catch the ball, the backfield that can go the distance at any play. So I think they're going to have a package for that for sure. Well, there's a lot of talent. There's no question when you look out there. The defense, you and your orange and brown report, nine of eleven starters are back. Miles Garrett asked, "Well, you know, will the expectations change if Watson gets a suspension that is lengthy?" Uh, he said, "Absolutely not." But how good though is this defense? If Watson's suspended for eight or more games, how good will they? will this team be this year i think they really can be good they have continuity as we said with the starters returning but the same coaching staff same players and more depth and i think that in the second half of the season when they started coming together last year in the final 11 games they only gave up more than 26 points once in seven of the 11 games they gave up 16 or less that should have won you several more games, but the offense couldn't score more than 20 points a game. So that's that's what I, I think the defense could really carry this team, you know, at least in the early going. All right, pace yourself, Fred. we got a lot of reporting to do here hey, on, uh, with training camp. You know, you're bringing it strong early. We like that, but you got to pace yourself some. All right, Fred, thanks well, much. On Twitter, at Fred Greetham 9 That's correct. All right, pal. We'll be out there today. All right, we'll look forward hey, to your updates on Twitter. He does a great job with little videos, kind of capture yeah, some Fred, things. So he's all Fred over on Twitter. It. Yeah, all over. Yeah, Jim Brown's coverage. Yep. There you go. WTAM 1100. Uh, fans, the rest of us get out there Saturday, is that right? First open practice for fans. Now, I believe you got to you got to check in, I think, at the website. Yeah. And, boy, it, it's it, they, there's more room for you. Okay. The way they've expanded things, Bill. What do you, the, the facility looks a whole different in terms of a makeover. Might be a few protesters out there, too. I'm oh, saying. there might be, yeah. yeah. And now, five good minutes. What a lot of new places opened uh, up here recently when it comes to restaurants and options, which is a good thing. News Radio WTAM 1100. This is Bill Wills. Mark Bona watching that for us. Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. Hey, Mark, good morning to you. Hey, Bill. Just in general terms, I mean, the restaurant business is a risky one. Uh, I think three to five years, uh, the, the, you know this more than I. It seems like the lifespan, I mean, concepts uh, are, you know, are always changing and, and the competition is out there. It's, this is a tough industry, isn't it? It really is. You nailed it. I think three to five is, is almost being too generous, but it's nice when you and I get to talk about openings. Uh, so we, we have a few this week and this is, uh, this is great. Let's take you around and find out more about them. Let's go downtown East Fourth, the location where Lola Bistro was for so long with Michael Simon. He, of course, has readjusted with the, with the business model with different locations, but uh, a new place on East 4th uh, this uh, has opened, right? Right. Cordelia is opened. Really big shoes to fill. This is one of the hottest new restaurants, I think, in all of, of really in all of greater Cleveland to, to open. Owned by Andrew Watts and his chef partner, Vinny Chimino. Vinny's been around the block in some great restaurants here. Uh, Andrew is a very proud Clevelander, and you really see that Cleveland pride in the space. They've really opened it up. I love Lola Bistro. I really love the food, but it was a darker place uh, in terms of the decor and the design. Right, right. The new design really opens up, takes a full advantage of the light. And you will see Cleveland pride everywhere in this place. One small example that I absolutely love with dozens and dozens of framed photographs on the wall of famous Clevelanders. It reminded me of being in New York restaurants where you see a lot of famous people on the wall. And, and Andrew was saying people are going to be surprised at how many people are from here. And Vinny's menu is really going to embrace local ingredients, fresh ingredients, 
and it, it just looks fantastic. I think they they do have big shoes to fill. I, I'm very optimistic they, they will. They've done a wonderful job of preserving this space. They were chipping away at some uh, tile during demolition and found a sign on the floor that says Ohio Factory Outlet. They decided wow. to preserve it. It meant changing their design a little bit, but they were actually able to keep that. Uh, and. And I like uh, Vinny's uh, description of the food, modern grandma. So they're looking at comfort <laughs> food. They want you, they want you to be feel comfortable when you're in there. Open kitchen, by the way, which I always think is very oh, neat yeah. in restaurants. Uh, probably the largest open kitchen for diners in in all of Cleveland. So uh, really great. Uh, Cordelia opened on East Fourth Street in downtown Cleveland. Mark Bone is with us. Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. Another one that has been open for a while, but but uh, celebrating with a, a ribbon cutting uh, this week is uh, over in uh, in Fairview Park, and uh, we're going to the uh, Unami Rice Bowls, right? Yeah, Umami Rice Bowls is open. This was neat. So, so for those who don't know, Umami is actually an added savory sense. Uh, it's that extra savoriness you get from um, from certain, like almost uh, nice salty, uh, mouth watering feeling that you get with certain foods. And John Roberts, the owner, uh, a very non traditional way of going about opening a restaurant, had studied hotel and restaurant management in Michigan uh, several decades ago. Local guy, but when he was in college and needed to earn a few bucks, he started cleaning uh, kitchen hoods in restaurants. That led to a lucrative career in that field. He has uh, worked hard, and now he's decided to open his own restaurant. Uh, really Fresh and fast are the two big keys here. He does not want you to wait for a meal, but he wants everything made right there and then. He doesn't want anything sitting under heat lamps or anything like that. So Umami Rice Bowls is open. They just had, you're right, they've been open a little while, but they just had their official grand opening about a week ago and uh, doing well. And and it's nice to see uh, yet another opening. So this one's over on the west side. Umami Rice Bowls is open. Want to check it out, too? 2255 Lorraine Road, Fairview Park. Mark Bone is with us, Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. All right, one more. Let's take you over to Ohio City. What's new there? So another, you, you know, we talked about Cordelia going into a famous space with uh, the former Lola Bistro. Now Bartleby will be going into the former Crop space. So Crop was that grandiose restaurant, former, I believe, an old, old bank building. It dates back, it dates to 1925. This is right across the street from the West Side Market. And, uh, I, I got, I got a little sneak peek in there with, uh, Morgan Yagi, who co-owns the restaurant with Ryan Britton. And they, they are really doing a tremendous job with this. Now, this was a very large cavernous space with no walls. They decided to add some visual, I guess I would call them blockades. Yeah. Uh, and by doing that, they've really created bookcases within there. This is a very literary-themed type of place. They don't go overboard with that. It's just tastefully done bookcases. They've got law books stacked all over the place, mm. and it's, it's, it's really neat. Now, the name comes from Bartleby the Scrivener, a famous short story from Herman Melville. Uh, but the chef, by the way, is Matthew DuPont. Uh, not a local guy, came here, was working at the, at the Hilton Cleveland downtown. He shifted over. His main goal, I said, what are you doing with the menu? And he says, keep it not pretentious. He does not want 
to do anything over the top too crazy or too expensive. They want to be very accessible and approachable to their diners, and they'll have a variety of drinks as well. So uh, I can't wait for the space to open. Uh, Bartleby going in the former crop space. Target opening date will be sometime in August. Excellent. Good stuff. Mark Bona, Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. Follow him on Twitter, mbona30 on the restaurant and beer scene around here. Mark, thanks much. Thank you, Bill. 1100, home of the Guardians. Let's talk about a 7-6 win last night, Mike Snyder, in Boston. Yes, right? great yeah. win. And uh, I guess if the question would be asked, who's got more home runs that has put his team in front in the ninth <laughs> inning or later in a, a game this season, it would be Josh Naylor. How about that, Jim Rose announced? Well, we see it. We see it all season. It's amazing. He comes up late, and, uh, you know, it's funny when you, you're playing a team that you don't see very often, like, like the Red Sox. Uh, you almost wonder, do they not know what he does late in the game? <laughs> but, you know, he just, what's, I think what's impressive for him, and we saw it last night because he hit the home run to left, he does not change his approach at the plate. You know, sometimes late in the game for a power hitter, we're thinking, all right, that home run wins the game, and, and uh, they load up a little bit and maybe, you know, try and hit a home run and, and swing too hard, all that kind of stuff. But he seems to really maintain, you know, whatever the approach that works for him. And, and that's really not quite using the whole field, but he goes to the left with some power and he keeps that approach and, and has great success. It's amazing late in the game. Boy, and that was up there. When you go over that monster opposite field, that says something there, doesn't it, Jim? Yeah. And then, you know, he, he won that game against the Twins, uh, about a month ago, I guess, uh, with a, a, a shot to left at home. Um, so he's done it before, but, uh, yeah, that takes some, you got to get it high. <laughs> 37 feet is, is the wall. So, um, uh, you know, that takes away a lot of home runs if you hit a line drive that way. But, uh, that was a nice towering blast. And Josh Naylor had, hey, everyone was safe this time. Nobody got headbutted yeah, and that right. kind of thing. So that was good. But, uh, you know, he has another what turns out to be game-winning home run. Yeah, you had to go out there the ninth, of course, with Class A. Uh, boy, that's like money in the bank. You know, you talk about another guy that just seems to thrive in the moment. It's, it's Class A. When he's out there, Jim, his stuff is incredible, but you just watch him. He just seems so composed all the time. He does, and and um, how often has we, have we seen a good closers, uh, whether it's here or throughout baseball, um, they kind of live on the edge a little bit, but he's been in a stretch now where it's these one, two, three, ninth innings, and there's no drama, which that's nice, but it's rare, it seems like. You know, it always seems like closers have a second and third one out. How are they going to get out of this? And they do, and, and that type of thing. But he's been so dominant, um, even in the all-star game against some of the best hitters in the game. He just blew through the, the ninth inning. And, and then, um, you know, last night there were some shots, but, but he got through it one, two, three again. And it's, uh, it's really been, I think, comforting for Terry Francona to know that that's what he can go to at the end of a close game. Well, you know, I was going to say, too, Jim, that final out, uh, Miles Straw getting back there, take, took a great route on that ball. Uh, and boy, it's good. You, you know what you're going to get from Straw on the field, and he's been coming up with some big hits of late, hasn't he? He sure has. I mean, we, we don't get to, you don't get to Josh Naylor in the ninth um, in a tie game without the RBI double from Straw in the eighth inning uh, to a big part of the ballpark. So, you know, you hate to go through the struggles, and he did for two months where he was really, really having a hard time. Um, but if you can get through it, um, put in the work and figure it out, um, 
sometimes that can set you up for a real nice stretch yeah. after that. And, and he's in that now, that's don't, for sure. He's don't, in a good stretch now. Don't quote me. I thought I saw on Twitter that over the last two or three weeks he's been over 300 when it comes to how he's Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, well over 300. You, so he's back to... What's that? You're confirming a tweet then, right? You're confirming that. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Okay. <laughs> that is a confirmation of a tweet. Total charge coverage. <laughs> That's what we're all about. All right, we got uh, seven ten first pitch tonight. Union Home Mortgage Guardians game day with a bunch. We'll get you started at 6 and then off to Tampa for the weekend. Great job with you and Charlie Nagy, too. I know Tom's yeah. got a few days off, but really good radio. Really enjoying it. Yeah. Oh, Charlie's the best. He really is, and uh, he's got some good perspective, obviously, on, on pitching, but yeah. just on, on the franchise. He's a great like guy. That, but yeah. it's been fun. Always yeah. been kind. He's the best. He's yeah. always been kind. Jimmy, thanks much. Jim Rosenhaus on your uh, Guardians. Fan fact answer was, of course, uh, Jose, Jose Ramirez. Jose, Extra Jose. base hits more than anyone else in baseball the last five seasons, 338. He's due for a big game tonight, Jim. That would be nice. Yeah. That would be nice. Okay, uh, Jimmy Malone after nine. This is Thursday. He does the knucklehead thing, right? I, I, I yeah, I believe it so. is Thursday. Yeah, so he normally does the knucklehead in the news thing. Okay, I don't know if he's got this one or not. Out of um, out of Greenville, South Carolina. Uh-oh. Bank robber's been busted after leaving his wallet at the scene. <laughs> Successful run of bank robberies came to an end for this guy. It did, did it? Greenville, South Carolina sheriff says Christopher McNeil yeah, held up see. a Wells Fargo on Woodruff Road. A week ago, fled with an undisclosed amount of cash. Yeah, the videos got him coming into the bank, and I guess when he went to get the note out to hand to the teller, uh-huh. the note was in his back pocket uh-huh. where his billfold was. And when he took the note out, the billfold falls. So, <laughs> so it's on the floor, and he leaves with the cash. And there's his driver's license, oh, his address, you know, everything in there. Wonder when that moment struck him as he as he was out the door. <laughs> he's been arrested. He's pled not guilty, yeah. of course, of course. But uh, well, how did uh, I get there? I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, they can confirm everything out of the wallet. We'll see. All right, Jimmy Malone will have more of that kind of stuff after nine. Uh, and we also have a thousand bucks for you to win with the cash pipeline too. You'll hear the word to post at wtam.com. Good luck. All that coming up here in about ten minutes. Yep, Scott Scooter Ace, producer extraordinaire, alongside huge diamond people have seen at the Facebook page, right? Big pink diamond. Big pink wow. diamond that they found in South Africa. Miners dug it up. I mean, this baby's beautiful. It's huge. huge. Check that out. Uh, let's connect. If you're on Twitter, follow me at Bill Wills WTAM. Back with you in the morning. News, sports, traffic, and weather together on the tens. Fox updates. Guardians head to Tampa Bay, and uh, Jensen Lewis checks in. Right. 845, he'll preview the Rays and the Guardians. By my count, you should have another pair of tickets for Bruce Springsteen. One last pair. Right. 745, the morning windows. All right, thanks, Mike. Jimmy Malone shows up next. This is Bill Wills. Thanks for being there. Have a good day. Blossom next couple nights. The Outlaw Music Festival tomorrow night. One Republic here tonight. I could lie, could lie, could lie. Everything that kills me makes me feel alive. is something you never look forward to shopping for. But when it's time, in addition to all the other things on your mind,